welcome to the Hall of Heroes podcast with your hosts, Jared Bachman-Stubbs and Matthew Sterling. I am vengeance. I am the knight. I am Batman. Hey guys, you ever seen that really old movie? Empire Strikes Back? Jesus, Tony, how old is this guy? I don't know, I didn't carbon date him, he's on the young side. You ever tried shawarma? There's a shawarma joint about two blocks from here. I don't know what it is, but I want to try it. Lobo. Oh, it's on. <laughs> Let the good times roll. And welcome, everyone, to a brand new episode of the Hall of Heroes podcast. I am your host, Jared Bachman Stubbs, and joining me, as always, is the one and only Spencer Simpson. After a week off, it is good to be back, everybody. And I'm sure, as you can surmise, this episode is going to be focused on a review of Avengers Endgame, which dropped this past weekend. Hopefully, all of you got a chance to go out and see it. But in case you have not yet had that privilege, do not worry, because we will spend a short section uh, at the beginning of today's podcast talking about the movie in a non-spoiler way, um, just talking about the, the overall feel, some of the vibes, some of the acting that we thought was really good. So um, if you have not yet had the chance to see it, then listen to it and then revisit the podcast after we say spoilers from this point on. So you can get our full opinion of the movie. But until that point, uh, Jared, tell us about your week. What's been going on in your fabulous life? Uh, you know, just uh, working a lot. Um... Yeah, working. Uh, yesterday, I got back on the uh, comic book review train. Um, just because uh, between Steel City and then Endgame and then work, I uh, didn't have a whole lot of time to get my comic book reviewing done. But uh, slowly but surely catching up on that. Um, Game of Thrones, obviously. Obviously. <laughs> obviously. Um I was on a live stream with Girls with Sabres earlier this week, which is a lot of fun. Um, they're always a hoot. If you guys want to give that a listen, uh, you can look them up on YouTube. Uh, and then there are two most recent videos of the stream I was on. So, yeah, outside of that, not much. How about you, bud? Well, um, the semester here at college is winding down, so that means turning in last-minute assignments and stuff like that. Uh, so I've been busy this week writing a short paper. Um, not too bad. It's uh, an interesting little um, splurge on the Weimar Republic, which is the uh, post-World War One German government, which completely failed. So I'm trying to find out why. It's very interesting. Wouldn't recommend reading it, though, because it's all that interesting. Interesting, but... I was going to say, I, I think it's, it's interesting to people like you and me. It's very niche <laughs> for the historical community to, to ponder such questions. But besides that, um, I got finals coming up next week. And so after that, I'm out of here and home for the summer. And I'll get to sit with Jared for the summer and um, record the podcasts together um, as we once did. So I'm looking forward to that. But yeah. got a little bit of work to do first. So that's what's up with me. Well, we know we're all cheering you on and waiting to hear about your uh, ass kicking on this side of the state, Spencer. But um, Oh, boy. Yeah, moving right along. 
uh, like you said at the top of the show, Avengers Endgame finally upon us. Uh, hopefully, you listen to the MCU recap and you uh, are all up to date on your Marvel movies in time for this cinematic event. Um, Spencer, non-spoiler thoughts for Endgame. Uh, my non-spoiler thoughts. I was incredibly impressed by the writing of this movie. Uh, I thought that they did a really, really wonderful job of connecting things from the entire Infinity Saga, uh, things that we hadn't really thought of before. Uh, it was a very heartwarming movie, a lot of really touching moments between friends and between family members. Uh, let's see, what else? Um, overall, I think my greatest with this movie is just the realization that with the release of uh, Endgame, the universe as we have known it thus far is is over and it i had to i had to (laughs) and wake up in the morning (laughs) feeling better because i was just so sad at the fact that it's all it's all come to an end so uh, what we've had thus far incredible showing from all the actors all the actresses a really well-made movie from the russo brothers um i was Really impressed with the number of characters they were able to come out for this movie and and make appearances. Um, I would venture to say that, without a doubt, this is the most named characters we have seen on screen at one time. And that was really exciting to see. Uh-huh. <laughs> it's the like I said with the with the interconnectivity of it all. They just included so many people um, from previous movies in the MCU and from those directly involved in the Infinity Saga. And so I was I had such a great time with this movie. It went by in a flash. It was like a three hour movie, but besides the fact that the the theater seat i was sitting in was not the most comfortable it it was like like that it was so quick and there was not a moment of that movie that i felt comfortable going to the bathroom <laughs> i was just about to ask did you uh did you sneak a pee break or did you did you tank it i did not sneak a pee break actually i got um an inside tip from my boss who had gone to see it uh, gone to see it a couple days prior that uh, I should stop drinking fluids uh, at three o'clock in the afternoon if I was going to a seven o'clock show because there is not a single moment to lose in this movie and I think I read on Facebook it might have even been you Jared that posted that it gets the uh, the no pee break badge of honor yep which uh, which which review site was that? I can't remember. It might have been like Screen Rant or something like that. Yeah, that sounds that sounds roughly right. So a much going into this movie. Place. Yeah, exactly. What a great movie, though. Yes, that it is. Very? I am actually very impressed with myself. I have gone, seen it four times myself, um, and have managed. To off the top of my head, I don't think I've gone to the bathroom. Oh. oh no, it was not 
it wasn't even that. It was just Anton Strout was the original poster. Um, oh, okay. Apparently, he's a podcaster, but like the the post clearly blew up enough that it ended up on my feed. Because um, I don't even know who the hell that guy is. But uh, no, I absolutely loved it. Um, very impressed by everybody's performances all around. Um, it's a beautiful looking movie. Uh, there's a couple of shots that are going to be immortalized on in art and in t-shirts and posters and stuff like that um there were moments in this film that i just i never thought we'd ever see on the big screen um you know i've gotten to have my conversation with you whenever like the marvel renaissance was kind of starting uh for you and me when we were still in uh, junior high and elementary school or junior high and high school and i was like there is some stuff that like, I'm really happy that we're seeing, but I know there's stuff we're never going to see. And like there it was every release. I've been proved wrong. Yeah. And Bridging. like, yeah, exactly. Like, like I said before, like we, we live in a world now where come Halloween time for every Superman, Batman, Spider-Man, we're seeing, Ant-Man's, Black Panther's, Captain Marvel's, you know, Drags the Destroyers. <laughs> yeah, yeah it's, it's specifically, you had mentioned you you never thought that you would ever see the Guardians on screen. No. Like, I was, like, I was like, okay, like, they're trying this, and I don't know how this is going to work. And a couple billion dollars later, here we are. But yeah, um, like like you had said, everybody turns in an excellent performance. Um, they put such a pretty bow on this movie. Um, I I came out of the theater and as being the staunch Star Wars fan that I am, as being the uh, uh, you know Star Wars is always going to be my first love, and comic books will always come second. Um, but I said, because I went with Zach Malone and I went with Kaysen. And uh, I said to them coming out of the theater, this has a more satisfying ending than Return of the Jedi. <laughs> and I didn't, like, like, in the pantheon of, like, put a bow on it, kiss the franchise goodbye. We have, you know, Lord of the Rings is classic uh, Jedi. Um, this is up there with it. And I think this is like the crowning jewel of like putting that final on the franchise. You know what I mean? Absolutely. He, so many wonderful moments toward the end of that movie. We got to finalize some of that. Like we had already known that some of these the the big name Avengers contracts were coming up uh, to to end with this movie, and the way that they incorporated that real life uh, reality into the fictional realm and wrapping up these characters was it was just so beautiful. Yeah, it it, it that's the word for it. It's it's a beautiful film. Um, in every way i love the music um 
And the decision that the mm-hmm. Russos made to treat this like a separate entity from Infinity War was absolutely brilliant. And when they said that this is a different, like, you can't just call this Infinity War 2, even though it is an immediate follow-up and a companion movie, it is not the sequel to Infinity War. Oh, by no means. It's tonally, it's completely different. Yeah, like you get it. Remember, we had listened to some interviews with the Russo brothers that they said that that was going to be the case. They tried to adjust the the feel of the movie by the tone of the writing, and that could not be more true for this movie. Absolutely. Um, You can't tell from what we're saying right now, uh, if you're still listening because you haven't seen the movie yet, Go see it. Uh, I know I can't recommend it enough, and I'm pretty sure I'm speaking for Spencer as well. Absolutely. It, 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 is, it is a masterpiece, and it is something that we are going to be talking about for a very, 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 very long time. Um, with that, there's not a whole lot you can talk about this movie without spoiling it. And if we are going to do it any justice, getting into the nitty-gritty of Avengers Endgame... Um, Turn back now. <laughs> uh, be sure to like the podcast, the comment, do all the stuff. <laughs> I appreciate you. That's it. That's uh, your warning, Claxon, everybody. Yeah. So, uh, like I said, come back once you've finally seen the movie. Tune back in. Hear what we have to say. Uh, but spoilers in five, four, three, two, one. We're in spoiler territory now, folks. We're in the end game now. Um, holy shit. <laughs> <laughs> How incredible. Oh, man. So uh, I don't even said, know where to begin. You said off the record, <laughs> on the phone, off the record, that you didn't cry, right? I did not cry. I got... Okay, so... Just in general, I don't usually go to crying as my reaction for certain things. I've only ever cried during one Marvel movie, and it was more of a like a single tear shed for the love of humanity. <laughs> and so, and and that was uh, during the toward the end of the fight scene between Cap and Iron Man in Civil War, where I was just like, "Oh my gosh, how f- far have they fallen?" You know, these two characters that I love individually in their own right and that love each other. What the heck, man? And so, peace, I guess you could say, with some of the the, the finalizing elements of Endgame, particularly um, how they wrapped up Iron Man's character, Sacrifice. But, uh. I did. I came close relatively speaking where i was like oh my gosh i'm feeling the feels right now but i never cried jared you off the record said that you cried thrice i think i'm quoting you precisely there you are so, i said i cried thrice for if you count the rise of skywalker trailer <laughs> so tell everybody out there what it was that made you tip over the edge all right so i will say this much i I um I had multiple like visceral reactions in the theater. Um normally I'm really good at like staying calm 
But if it's like a lively group of people on an opening night, um, and I can tell, I just get into it. Um, my first moment was uh, when I realized it was a theater full of adults, um, and we were we were all grown ups here. Um, whenever, <laughs> all right, how about this? We will. I have an idea. We're gonna walk through the plot and okay. comment as we go. <laughs> okay, this sure. Hardest way to do this. So uh, we, can, I can also have all my ha ha ha. I told you so's as we go because there was a uh, lot. Of okay, those. I know. Okay, There's shut a up. A lot party. of those that all I right. was on money for. Two um, things that I try not to do, and they are fan casting and forecasting. <laughs> but for you to say, man, Nina, I told you so. She is Spencer. You were wrong, and I was right. I'm like, yeah, okay, shut up. I didn't even try. It's not so much <laughs> that you were wrong, so much that like I actually managed to predict this crazy ass movie. Which, like, of course, we give you props for, and as our job, it, it is in fact our job to overanalyze all the scraps of material that they give us throughout, you know, the the pre release process, but. I've been trying to see Force Awakens, baby. (laughs) I'm saying it on the air so everyone can vouch for me. Uh, Props to you, Jared, for correctly (laughs) predicting most of this incredibly nebulous plot. There we no pun intended. Yeah. (laughs) But no. So the movie picks up uh, with Clint Barton, a.k.a. Hawkeye. Uh, His family's having a little picnic out in their, like, farmhouse uh, he's showing his daughter how to shoot a bow and arrow. We see she's a natural, just like her old man. Um, it's also very clear at this point that he's still under house arrest from the Sokovia Accords. Yes, they have a very nice establishing shot of his an- uh, ankle moment. Um, anyway. Uh, <laughs> um, so like she fi- fires the arrow and like the camera pans to Hawkeye as he's like talking down the hill to his family and then he looks back around where his daughter's retrieving the arrow and all we see is like dust kind of floating in the wind um at kansas to which in my theater was immediately met with oh that was the noise everybody made oh and then it cut back around uh to clint's back and you see the picnic table which is now empty uh, so you see his entire family died in the snap. Um, Hawkeye starts to freak out and then hard cut the Marvel Studios thing, you know, whatever. Uh, and it's Tony and Nebula aboard the Benatar. And they're they're goofing around. They're having a good time. And then we see uh, Tony record the message we've seen in all the trailers uh, that, you know, he's going to be out of oxygen soon. And he's going to be basically dead in space uh, within the next 24 hours. Um, I was wrong on this one and Spencer, were you, did you say Captain Marvel would rescue him? I don't think I explicitly said that I might've thrown it around as a possibility because, you know, she's a a space person, (laughs) but I don't think I ever explicitly said that I thought it was going to be her. I can't even remember off the top of my head who you, who did you have? I thought, I thought Tony was going to like. I thought there was going to be a moment where he kind of like fires himself back up and we have a moment where he does the whole, like, you know, um, the quote Obadiah Stane, like he built it out of a box of scraps. Yeah. Um, so I thought he'd like build himself out with a box of, Oh my Hybrid. God. I just realized a really funny plot hole. What? 
so Tony Stark makes a big Lebowski joke about Fat Thor, right? Yeah. <laughs> who, who plays Lebowski? <laughs> oh my gosh. <laughs> Jeff Bridges? I haven't heard anybody else been point this out until right now. It just occurred to me as I was like doing the Tony Stark brothers in a cave. <laughs> oh my gosh. There's like a huge, like same way where like Peter loves uh, Star Wars, but he's yet to comment on the fact that Nick Fury looks exactly like Mace Windu. Um, uh, uh, <laughs> that's funny. I didn't notice that until now. Someone needs to ask the Russo brothers if Obadiah Stane played the was in uh, was in a uh, big Lebowski, um, but regardless, I thought, <laughs> I thought Tony was gonna like you know have that moment of MacGyver moment, man. yeah, that MacGyver moment, like read and like fix the ship and fly it home himself. That doesn't happen, and this works just as well. Um, Captain Marvel finds him. Carol scoops up the Benatar and she brings it back to Earth. We can only assume. That the post-credit scene from Captain Marvel happens, she gets to Earth. They have their "Where is Fury?" moment, and then they basically send Carol out and go, "He's dead, and we need to figure out what the hell to do." Also, can you go get Tony? Right. Yeah. And, and then they basically send her out, and then it brings us up to speed. Since we're since we're close, did anybody else besides me catch the Blue Meanies reference? That Tony makes about Nebula in his little video recording thing. I mean, I oh. thought he was just referring to Nebula. Do you think there's another? Oh, absolutely. Um, the the Beatles Yellow Submarine movie. Bad, like that was the 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 like full length animated feature yeah. that really is only worth a one-time watch like it's 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 worth watching because it's the beatles but it's not fabulous Fictional animated villains are the blue meanies and so that's a good catch on that i didn't even yeah. think of that, that yeah i, I enjoy that. those like really deep cut references especially if i understand them <laughs> but that was a nice touch by the writers um generation to catch yeah that one flew over my head that was good um and i haven't seen that in anybody else's easter egg breakdown either so Hi-ya. uh look at you go that's like it's like me with the fucking the futurist everyone the futurist is here he sees all <laughs> for you whether you like it or not and he has a fabulous album yes like uh, it has like a whole lot of bittersweet, beautiful ballads that everybody yeah, should does, listen to that nobody knows about except for me and my family because I own it. Um, but uh, Carol brings Tony back, and um, Tony has a nervous breakdown, and I think everybody was going into this expecting some kind of like they go, "All right, we're gonna we're gonna go get them," and like most of them are in "Let's go get them" mode. Uh, with Thanos, Tony isn't. Tony's had enough. He's ready. He's ready to be done. Um, Robert Downey Jr.'s performance in that scene is incredible. Oh, it's so good. Um, it's, it's so hard good. To watch. It's hard to watch. It 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 really is. 
Um, I love whenever he like rips off like the the um, baby. It's almost it's not technically an arc reactor, but like the nano hub, and he like slaps it in his hand. He's like, "You wear it. You go find him. You hide." Like, yeah. There is an anger there that like Downey is just so good. Um, they eventually Nebula uh, Tony passes out, and they like put him in bed. Um, cause he's all malnourished cause he's out, he's been floating around in space for a month. Um, they throw Tony in bed. Nebula tells, uh, the remaining Avengers she knows where Thanos is. Uh, they gather. Garden. The very, the very, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Straight Pro- proverbial garden. Oh, oh, I see what you mean. Yeah. Um, <laughs> that's another one of my favorite lines in the movie. That's cute. Thanos has a retirement plan. Um, <laughs> he's one of Rhodey's best moments. Um, it, but on a side note, I'm really glad, just in general, that they decided to stick with the comic interpretation that once the snap happens, Thanos basically lives uh, low key agrarian life. Oh my god! Like his aspirations are over, and he just like it's such a. I don't blame the fella. I mean, what a peaceful way to live. I just there's a I remember at the end of Infinity War when you see like the armor held up on the scarecrow. I was like, oh, that's a cool callback, and he's like sitting there like wearing like what he was wearing from Infinity War, sitting on the steps. But like the one month later, when we actually see him in like Farmer Man Thanos with yeah. like the white shirt, and the brown slacks, and the boots, like I was like, oh my god, like Thanos has the horses in the back. Um, that was funny. I thought you would laugh. Um, I thought you'd laugh at my old town road joke. That's why I don't make them. Um, but he, uh, uh-huh. <laughs> um, but they all run after him. Uh, they go to the garden to hunt him down. Um, he gets blitzed. He's he's very weak at this point. Um, because as I mean, we find just out, he's destroyed the stones. Used the stones to destroy the stones. So okay, here's my question the stones to destroy the stones okay that makes some sense because like we've said they're all made from essential elemental structure like they're all different they all do different things but they're all like of the same basic sorts but here's my thinking if he were to, I'm just going to assume it's the power stone since it makes the most sense. Let's just assume he's using the power stone to destroy the rest of them one at a time. Got one left. I think because they say that it's a, it's an identical like cosmic reading or whatever as whenever he snapped in Wakanda. I think that like the act of like snapping with the gauntlet on is like it's like the ultimate here's your wish like a genie in a bottle yeah like it's like a genie in a bottle so i think like, when what... snapped it was like his idea was kill half of everything and he did it right. because it seems just snapped the gauntlet yeah it's always the case but i was always under the impression with the comics and up until watching Endgame, that 
apping mechanism inside the infinity gauntlet was like pre-programmed to just do that one thing so was it always like from from your background expertise jared has it always been like a your wish is my command snap all implied at any point i read it as a, as a your wish is my command because in the infinity gauntlet storyline in the comics um, when Thanos does it, again, it's all in the name of like impressing the maiden death, blah, blah, blah. But it's more of like a dramatic moment because like this version of Thanos, like he has a plan. There's like there's a reason behind it that even though he's profoundly wrong, he thinks what he's doing is altruistic. There's no like actual bloodlust there. Right. Um, so when he when he does the snap, I feel like that is like. It it is like the ultimate like this is this specific thing that I want to see. TJ, fuck off. <laughs> we had a conversation on Dubak about how, regardless of Ben Shapiro's politics, even if he and I agreed on everything, his face and his voice makes me physically angry. Um, and then he proceeds to send a picture he's, he's a, he's of Ben Shapiro in the chat. Oh. We sent twelve photos. Well, well played. What is? Oh no, he sent twelve photos into the chip. It's just a giant collage of bench pictures. It's well just played, bad. TJ. Well played. Catching me off guard. Um, <laughs> it's but, a gorilla uh, no. assault. Yeah. <laughs> but in the comic, I can't. I'm just staring at his face. It's distracting me. Um. I, when he does it, he's kind of trying to be like grandioso and like kind of show off for death. So like, I think it was always meant as like a "your wish is my command" type thing, and that when he does it, the snap is like the ultimate combination of the stones and like your mental connection to the gauntlet because you're wearing it now is ordering it. Wipe <laughs> out half of humanity. Snap. Bring back the uh, that half of humanity. Snap. Ah, okay. Um, destroy yeah, the right. stone. So I think that's what it's supposed to be like. Um, okay. They attack him. He's super weak. And then. Uh, and we already. And he, we already he, see. End of Infinity War that. The gauntlet usage of the snap has already taken a physical toll on Thanos. Like it's it's sort of deteriorated his his left hand all the way up to the shoulder and like some of his neck. Yeah, but it seemed like just putting the gauntlet on for Hulk and Iron Man same job. Is that would you say that that is just um, the the physical manifestation of them being weaker in physical stature than Thanos, and that it's the actual snap that makes him in that weak state whereas with the other avengers it's just like merely harnessing that power is enough to to put hulk in a sling for the for the next you know six months or however long his primary care physician says uh i think part of that is the case i also think uh thanos got to do it one at a time and he got to like slowly build up to that threshold whereas with hulk and tony um both of them just went all six all at once and then followed that up with the snap which 
like again you're like at the epicenter of a massive release of energy um so i think that is what did it i I think that's a lot of it i think it's also thanos is a titan he is he's basically like half a step down from being an eternal so he's kind of predisposed to being able to tank a lot of that um but yeah uh He's moving right along there. Yeah, no, 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 you're fine. Um, I'm glad we get to, we're talking about the mechanics of it because I wanted to be able to kind of like talk through it. Uh, because well. there's they, there's a lot, you know, assuming that the way the Russo brothers tell us it is, then the movie in a self-contained sense is pretty good on a continuity level and but but some of the mechanics is like with with it being based in comic there's some things that are just the sweaty fans have yeah about how it all works you know yeah um but they have them they realize that they aren't able to just snap everybody back and thor lops thanos's head off within that caught me off guard That caught me so off guard. I mean, I figured that that wasn't the end of it, but I was just like, no. Where did that come from? See, like I said before, like I was in a theater full of grownups. I like in the moment while everybody was like gasping, there was some rogue clapping. And then I went, fuck them. Like, <laughs> <laughs> like, good for you, you brick. Um, you, are, you are your father's son. You know that? <laughs> Really? But um, it happened in the moment too. I was just, you know, yeah, fuck them up. Um, <laughs> it was like me whenever we went to medieval times in like oh like yeah sophomore year. Holy and I, crap! I like, lost my shit. <laughs> oh, throwback. Like, yeah! Um, but yeah, so they kill Thanos, and then five years in the future, uh, the universe is trying to put itself back together. Um, by the looks of it, Black Widow's leading the Avengers, um, which are at that point presumably made up by Rocket, Nebula, War Machine, Okoye, and Captain Marvel, who is wearing a really, really new cool suit. Um, oh, yeah. I'm a big fan of her new suit that we see in this. Um, both of them, because she has like a slightly upgraded version of what she wears in her movie in the beginning. Um but the newer version she wears uh, after the um, jump of after the time jump is a uh, like it, it's it's more inspired by like Marvel from the comics, yeah. which is really cool. Um, and she has like the iconic like short hair that Carol has in the comics these days. Um, but yeah, that was cool. Uh, we find out that uh, Clint has been on a murderous fucking rampage across the world. Uh, going after criminals um, to basically vent his rage, which was what I thought was going to happen. Um, and that he's just using the ability to wipe out as many criminals as humanly possible is like a catharsis for uh, the death of his family. Um, which is really dark. Uh, and it's, it, it's it, again, like the scene where we see him throwing down with those uh, triads is really hard to watch. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, it's it's like I said, part of this movie is parts of this movie are so difficult to watch for different reasons. And like you said, that was one of the worst 
where I just like had in my hands, like, oh, Clint, what are you doing, man? Yeah, especially seeing somebody who's like so markedly lighthearted on the team. Yeah, like, it's like Hawkeye is such a team player. He's such a, you know, happy go lucky guy. Um, and he's a goofball with everybody else. Um, and to see him, you know, what, what Rhodey says that like he like cut his way through a cartel before any of them could even get a shot off. Yeah. Um, and like, you know, and it's, you know, this, the, the subtle things in, you know, film and especially in a fight is the amount of times where he could have killed that triad leader during their duel. But he deliberately kept the fight going because he wanted to hurt the guy. Yeah. He just Which slices is, at the leg, slices at the arm. Yeah. And then he eventually just, you know, slits his throat. Um, but we're getting ahead of ourselves a little bit. Uh, but yeah, that's what the Avengers are up to. Captain America, uh, Steve, he's, he's, he's leading a, um, a support group, very similar to what uh, Sam Wilson was doing. Um, whenever they first met, they, uh, they're talking their way through, um, how to deal with everything they've lost. Uh, one of the Russo brothers, I believe it's Joe. It's Joe? That's Joe, right? I think so. Let me, I think it's Joe. Check on that real quick. Um, but he's a part of, he, he makes a cameo as one of the support group members. Um, he's, uh. He's also apparently the first like openly LGBT character in the MCU because he's talking about how he went on a date with another guy. Um, really subtle, but, you know, that's cool. You know, a uh, little bit of representation in there. Um, but while all that's going on, um, Josh just told me the review would be good. Um, yeah. It, while all that's going on, um, the rat sent by God uh, accidentally frees Scott Lang from the quantum realm. Uh, yeah. <laughs> I, was, I was sitting there in the theater and like, I'm willing to let a couple of those things go. But I was like, holy mackerel, man, come on. <laughs> what? Are, I mean, what are the chances? You know, I want to know this, in the 14 million realities that Dr. Strange saw how many, how many of them, of them how many of them required a rat scrambling across the dashboard frantically accidentally accidentally hit the perfect switches to activate the quantum tunnel to bring scott back i want to know how many of the realities had it i want to know how many i want to know if there was like a 50 50 there's a rat or there's no rat yeah like like does every time the rat hit the switches the right way and spin them out? Does he spin them out like a couple years later? I want to know how, how many, many realities. <laughs> and that's all I want Doctor Strange two to be. I just want it to be two hours of Doctor Strange running people through the different realities. Um, but regardless, uh, they they it spits uh, Scott out five years into the future. For Scott, it's only been five hours. So he goes through. He finds out he's lost everyone. Um, his daughter is still alive, luckily, and he goes to find the Avengers and he gets to talking to them and uh, tells uh, Steve and uh, Natasha 
that there might be a way for them to pull off what he's referring to as a time heist. And uh, I'm so tacky. (laughs) So it's so so Scott. Um, Everything's a heist with him, and I love it. He's very on brand. Um, But they they, they figure out how to do their time heist, or they figure out that they can do a time. They're going to try to do a time heist. And uh, they, he's like, well, there's only, there's only a handful of people who can help us with this. Uh, so we see, we, we meet back up with Tony Stark, who is now married to Pepper Potts, who has an adorable little daughter um, named Morgan, which was, you know, uh, eccentric uncle. Yeah, the, you're eccentric. <laughs> That's the in in MCU answer to why Morgan is from infinity wars. It's like, you, we named him after your eccentric uncle. Uh, what was his name? Morgan. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, just, I love it. Eccentric uncle. <laughs> yeah. Me too. Um, but he has a little daughter now. Um, Steve, Natasha and Scott show up. They try to talk Tony into uh, helping them out with their time heist. Tony, Tony tells them that it is a, uh, it's total horse shit. Um, it, that's it's one of Robert Downey Jr.'s funnier scenes in the movie. Um, you know the he's like throwing out all of this quantum physics type jargon, and um, like very sarcastically asks if everybody agrees with him because he knows that none of them actually understand what they're talking about. Right, right. Um, even though I've seen, it, <laughs> I can't actually remember exactly what jargon he throws out, but he throws out some jargon. Um, but he uh, at one point Scott mentions that they can just do it like Back to the Future, uh, or he he starts referencing Back to the Future, and that's one of my favorite lines. It's like Scott, I'm going to stop you right there. Uh, your whole basis of what time travel does, you're not saying uh, it's all based around Back to the Future, is it? No. Oh, good, because that'd be total horseshit. Yeah, <laughs> absolutely love that exchange. Um, but Tony's like, I can't do it. He's like, you know. I'm happy to see you guys, but count me out. Um, then they go visit Bruce Banner, who is completely morphed into Professor Hulk, which is amazing. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, I I had expected it would happen at some point, but to just come right out with it, it threw a lot of people off guard, including my roommate, who was like, "Yeah, so I mean." did they make that up? And I'm like, no, they didn't make it up. It was just, you know, they did the, the 32nd old friends at a diner explanation rather than the. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Well, they knew what they have a three hour movie. They don't have time for that. Yeah. Um, but, uh, I love professor Hulk. I love how just goofy and fun he was. Um, He's just, I just, I just love everything about Professor Hulk so much. Because <laughs> um, I'm wearing shirts now. <laughs> <laughs> that to see where the, also, the kids and the, you know, Hulk out. Like, like, he's wearing a gigantic cardigan. Somehow managed to maintain the style of Bruce Banner in a body like five times his size. Yeah. Oh my God. It's so, so funny, funny that like, not only is the Hulk wearing both pants and a shirt, but also a cardigan yeah. and like art house glasses. Yeah. 
help but wonder like, are those prescriptions like the Hulk always had really bad vision. I don't know. I don't know. Maybe uh, I don't know. During like the final battle, did he put in like giant fucking contact lenses? Um but uh regardless, they talk to Banner and they uh coax him into coming in to help out. Um uh meanwhile we see that Tony because he can't help himself is uh, fiddling with the mechanics of time travel and seeing if he can maybe, just maybe, see if he can figure out a way to And he accidentally does. As, as, he's so, as so often is the case. Yeah, so often is the case. Uh, a brilliant man. He's also a lucky man. Um, exactly. He uh, accidentally figures it out, and um, he has a conversation with Pepper about it. And, uh, well, before we get to that, I love you 3000 happens. And I was like, oh, that's so cute. And now I hear it and I'm like, oh, I need a fucking drink. Um, <laughs> I just get immediately depressed. But um, Tony tucks his daughter in and she says, I love you 3000. And he's like, you, you can tell how beautiful uh, the relationship between Tony and Morgan is. And it, it, it's, it's very sweet. But they, uh, uh, they, uh, Tony talks to Pepper about it and she basically says, I give you permission to go do some stupid Iron Man shit. Um, because you could probably go do some stupid Iron Man shit one last time and save everything. Might as well. I mean, yeah. Uh, so they, they attempt time travel. It doesn't exactly work the way they want it to. Um, and uh, Tony shows up and says, I know how we can do it. We got to build everything to build and uh, we got to get the team back together. He and Cap have their reconciliation. He gives them back the shield, which is really sweet. Um, and then uh, they go their separate ways for a minute so they can go get the team back together. Um, Natasha in the scene we were talking about earlier where Clint uh, butchers all the triads, brings Clint back. Um, Thor and Ro- or, uh, Rocket and Hulk go to New Asgard to find um, a an alcoholic fat Thor playing Fortnite with Korg <laughs> and Meek. Um, so pathetic. Uh, sure. that, that, I just can't believe that whole sentence came out of my mouth. Yeah. yeah. Professor <laughs> Hulk and Rocket Raccoon find fat Thor playing Fortnite with Korg and Meek in yeah, New the, Asgard. Holy, what the heck? <laughs> Say that, say that to me a week ago, and I'm like, Jared, you've lost your shit, man. You, <laughs> I can't. Ugh, mo- easily one of the most ridiculous sentences we've said on the show. Yeah, and then his new rival, gone is Loki, gone is Hela, gone is Malekith and Surtur, um, here upon us Welcome. as the ultimate villain, Noob Master sixty nine. Noob Master sixty nine. Um. Which the meme is, material is writing itself. Yeah, it is so meany and so cliche, but it's funny because um, they do it the right way. Uh, a lesser studio would have like acted like that was a serious name that like a normal person would have, but this movie leans into it being stupid. It's smart for it. Um, but they recruit Thor, who is very clearly dealing with um, some anxiety and PTSD about the whole uh, Thanos debacle. Um, but eventually they get him back and um, 
they're ready to do some time travel. So they realize that um, the way they explain time travel uh, in Endgame is very smart and is uh, unique in that most stories that try to do a time travel narrative follow the blueprint that most time travel narratives do, where you're jumping through time and space um, back to a certain point in time. And what you do in the past will directly affect the future, where the way they do it in this, where it, it follows more of the multiple realities theory, which is what most uh, scientists say would be the closest thing to time travel in real life. And that if there was real time travel, it would probably be this, in that what you do in the past will only affect what's going on in the present, because the, the past is now your present. Um and all kinds of confusing paradoxes. Uh, and it's very hard to explain verbally, but if you chart it out for yourself, it makes a lot of sense. Right. Um, but they're essentially jumping into a different reality, uh, more so than time travel. But um, they realize that if they, at, a, at the right time in New York City, uh, during the Battle of New York, called it, that there are three stones in New York during the Battle of New York. Because there are obviously the Space Stone, the Mind Stone, and the Time Stone, which is in the New York Sanctum with the Ancient One. Yeah, which that was a really cool cameo. I wasn't expecting. Um, there was I, and and the 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 interesting little mes- metaphysical exchange that that Bruce and the Ancient One have is is cute. Yeah, it's, it's a lot of fun. <laughs> Um, I also just like the fact that, like, during the Battle of New York, like, the Ancient One's just kind of cleaning up shop on her own. Yeah, she's just, like, shooting cosmic beams from the roof of the Sanctum. Just, like, I think they've got this one, kind of like the line that Captain Marvel said, is, like, because there are a lot of worlds out there, and not every world has an Avengers. Yep. It's like, you know, That's, this is this is their fight. That I'm sure they've got this under control. I can see all the future and stuff like that. And they'll be just fine. Help them out with the strays, not, but... That and the fact that uh, the Ancient One already knows about Doctor Strange becoming a thing. Right. Although, that something that I noticed to, to be a really... Very fitting, I guess... And it says a lot about Doctor Strange as a care as a person. That no, I will not be giving you the time stone. No, you cannot have the time stone until Bruce tells her that he was the one that gave it up in the first place, yeah. and that it was the only way. And and she just like it, immediately. There's this this change in in focus where she's like, well, he's supposed to be the best of us, so in the future and and immediately she gives it up yeah i love that i think that says a lot about stephen strange as a character especially from where we saw him at the beginning of his own movie where he was just this completely narcissistic egotistical freak kind of like you jared um but (laughs) (laughs) i'm in choir when joel had you sign that piece of paper that said i am a narcissist Signed, Jared. <laughs> Do you remember when he made you sign that? I forgot about that. 
it'll occasionally pop into my head from time to time, and I'll be like, huh. That's funny. Jared's on record as saying I'm a narcissistic egomaniac. Uh, oh my god. But but to see him come that far to the point where the ancient one who hasn't officially met him yet is already like if he says that this is the way, then it's the way. Yeah. Oh, that was deep cut. That was really funny. Um right. <laughs> <laughs> He, uh, but yeah, so they go back. Um, so Ant Man, Captain America, Iron Man, and Hulk. They'll go back to the Battle of New York. Um, uh, War Machine and Nebula go to Morag to retrieve the Power Stone. Um, uh, Hawkeye and Natasha go to Vormir to get the Soul Stone. Um, Away of Morag, yeah, they drop. They drop Nebula. They drop and, them uh, off and then they go to Vormir. That's why I got confused because I was thinking the group's bigger. Oh, and then um, they, uh, they're they all going to like basically the movie where we first see those stones. So like they're basically traveling back to circa Guardians of the Galaxy 1 to get the, uh, the power in Soul Stone. And then Rocket... For the Dark Man World for the before, Ether. Go back to, yeah, go back to the Dark first World. First appearance of, of the Reality Stone. Mm-hmm. Not the first appearance for the Tesseract or for the Time Stone, but that was I. I'm assuming that you know, writing wise, it was a time saver, but also it shows the ingenuity and thoughtfulness of the Avengers themselves. Yeah, Black Widow in particular. Outside the box, like okay, they didn't think okay. When was the first time we saw that? Would have been you know one movie ago. Instead, yeah. they're thinking, they're thinking. Oh, well, wait a second. There's a sanctum in New York, so assuming the ancient one is there, then we can grab all three stones in one take. Well, that was the thing is that they didn't even think the ancient one was going to be there. They thought it was strange. Ah, I actually like, I forgot says, about he's that. Like, I'm looking for Doctor Strange, and she's like, "Yeah, you're about five years too early." Yeah, but he's he's still being a douchebag. <laughs> um. So he has doing heart surgery before. across town in the middle of a, you know, intergalactic siege. Yeah. Um, so, yeah. So the Battle of New York is going on. Um, they're kind of sneaking around themselves uh, to avoid suspicion. Um, Tony goes incognito. Uh, he kind of disguises himself as a shield agent. Called it. Um Ant-Man uh, basically just sneaks around on top of past Iron Man because um, he's tiny like that. And Captain America is wearing his uh, for his angly outfit. That <laughs> ugly ass fucking costume that I love so much. Uh, <laughs> I legitimately love it. It is such an eyesore, but I love it. But like, I don't understand why I'm like, oh, this is ugly, but thank you. Um, <laughs> They uh they tag along, right? And yeah. after the fact, the shield agents, including some cameos from um Jasper Sitwell and Agent Rumlow and the strike team. That is, so, that is one of the best scenes in the whole movie. I know. In the elevator, just like in Winter Soul, well, they, they pick up the scepter and they put it in the case and they get on the elevator. Cap meets them like a couple floors down. He comes on and they're like, you know, I've got to take this case. I'm under orders. 
and they're all and, and they're all looking fishy kind of like it was very 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 reminiscent of the elevator scene in winter soldier um where they're all just kind of in the elevator chilling around the shield agents are are somewhat apprehensive like okay what's what's cap doing here and then I was not expecting this, but what a power move from Captain America where, he, where he's like, I have orders from the director or from the secretary himself, possession of the scepter. And then he whispers, Hail Hydra in <laughs> Sitwell's ear. Within an earshot of Rumlow. And, and Rumlow just kind of smirks like, oh, yeah, OK, we got this <laughs> in the bag. Now, Captain America is one of us. And I was like, oh, that was such a brilliant move. Well, it's it, like they shot for shot recreate the very beginning of the elevator fight. Ah. And I'm like, and I'm like on the edge of my seat. And I'm like looking at Kaysen and Zach. And I'm like, oh, Cap, like he's just like, Cap just looked at these guys for the first time in years and went, oh, you pieces of shit. I'm about to put my shield in your balls. Like, like I, like I was expecting Cap to like open up a can of whoop ass. But like they, they completely screw over their mission at that point. And it's just so smart that Hail Hydra. Like the whole like my first viewing just started clapping. It was so what a masterful move. Yeah. Like he just he whispered Hail Hydra and he walks off with the scepter. Um Tony is uh ta- uh tailing um the the space stone, which is with um pretty much everybody but Cap. <laughs> right, right and they they run into um alexander pierce which like i love the fact that we're at the point with these movies that like it was easier to get robert redford back than it was to get natalie portman uh, <laughs> did they use old takes from the dark yeah, world that was, that was old footage that wasn't used in dark world that they just okay. used there um, because from the first shot when they're kind of in the hallway it was like oh i don't think they got natalie for this yeah. movie because they're, they're they're all shots from behind, but then she actually showed up and I was like, yeah, I think that, yeah, I, my assumption was it was an old take from it was stock Dark footage. Yeah. Um, um, let's see, where were we? There's a scuffle uh, in the lobby. Um, the case is dropped. Tony picks it up and he's on his way out when the Hulk, this is, this is, this is Avengers era Hulk when they tell him to take the stairs stairs. who does not like cars for fear that he might, you know, wreck the place. They forbid him from taking the elevator with the rest of the Avengers in Stark tower. And so they'd say, take the stairs. And he's all like, Oh, Hulk hates stairs. So many stairs. And when he finally gets to the bottom, he like bursts open the door. Tony goes flying. The stone goes flying and Loki in a stroke of genius happens to land right next to the stone vanishes into space. And that's that. Until this is going to be what ties into his uh, TV show. Do you think his, I thought about that. I I thought about that. It's entirely possible. And again, like we'd been saying before, I really hope that they don't turn that into a, ooh, Loki somehow is is the mastermind behind every disaster in all of history. But with him well, escaping no after New York... Character and it's just tacky, yeah. Right. So like with him at the end of Avengers escaping into who knows where instead of being taken back to a cold cell on Asgard, well, it is rather comfy actually, um, yeah. <laughs> to a comfy cell on Asgard... 
you know, that opens up a world of possibilities for the TV show. Yeah. But also like that reality is probably fucked. Absolutely. Like, the reality you went back to is where you have the whole thing about oh, turn the stones where you got the stones from. But like that that's one stone that Thanos has earlier. Because you can only assume Loki brought it back to Thanos. You know what I mean? Thinking about it, but you're probably right. Um, but yeah, so that happens, and that's it's it's a funny moment. Also, Tom Hiddleston does not get a whole lot of time. In- no, surprisingly he not. Now he makes every freaking second count. For most of it, he's got like a muffle on. Right? Like he's my, not like, even talking for most of it. Like the one of my favorite parts. I mean, granted, it's also Chris Evans because they had to like have him do the thing for himself. But like Captain America's like on like the Comlink channel, and he's just like, uh, he's like, on my way downstairs to coordinate search and rescue. And then he like, and then Loki morphs into him and like really stiff goes, on my way to coordinate search and rescue. How do you honestly deal with this man? And then they like slap the yeah. the muzzle on him. And then, like, my favorite is, like, whenever, and I don't know if you notice this or not, whenever you see it again, eventually, watch Loki in the elevator. <laughs> whenever Hulk tries to get on the stairs, Hulk's like, Hulk hate the stairs. And, like, as the door closes, Loki, like a total douche, starts waving at the Hulk. <laughs> <laughs> like, he's probably like, you deserve that, though. You slap me around for. Yeah, he does not feel bad for him at all. And then, like, he's like, his like physical performance and the Tesseract kind of like lands at his feet and he just kind of looks around and like, you know, he's just like all squirrely and shit. Like, this is too easy. This is too easy. This is too easy. Okay. Bye. He just yoinks it. Bye. Bye. Yeah. Um, Avengers on uh, the, the, the future Avengers in New York for the battle. Up. They realize that. Hold on, we didn't it, talk about America's ass yet. We're not getting through this review. Oh, that. we did not talk. Okay, okay, okay. Hold I've seen on. a lot of memes like the the spoilers without context that are just a picture of Captain America's ass in that skin tight suit. Um. No, but yeah, he does fight uh, his past self. Um. Because they cross paths, and past Cap assumes that it's Bucky, shape shifting. Um, Loki. There is some really cool symbolism and visual metaphor in that scene where, like, you have present Cap, or future Cap, rather, who has kind of lost his way. Yeah, he's... He's been through a lot. And he's jaded now. And he's not wearing the mask. Like he's no, he's not, he is not fully enveloped in the Captain America persona, really. Past Cap is star spangly, whatever. You know, they start to scuffle because, like I said, he thinks he's Loki. And um, at one point, he like not the past Cap knocks Future Cap to the ground, and he's like, "I can do this all day." And like Future Cap's like, "Yeah, I know." <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he's like, "I bet you were waiting to say it, weren't you?" Yeah. Um, uh, but like you, you see that like, like there's a really nice metaphor for the way that like Cap internally is struggling with himself, um, and at odds with himself about the whole ordeal, which I really like. Um, okay. But they beat the tar out of each other, and uh, Cap goes for some low blows to like throw off past Cap, 
where like he's like he has him like in a chokehold and he's about to he's pass like, out and he goes Bucky's, Bucky's alive. alive. Yeah, it's like I'm, I'm like if I, I'd be using everything I could to just avoid it, but like wow. Yeah, that like, one I was not expecting. He's like, you, you're gonna, you're gonna ring the bell on that one for him in the middle of the what? <laughs> yeah, and then like Cap like releases him out of pure shock, and then he uses the scepter to uh, put him to sleep. Um, uh, which which had interests for one reason. Like, what happens then? Like, after they take the stone from that reality, is Cap just kind of released from it, or does he go around? I don't know. I don't think he's enslaved. I think he's just out cold. But like I said, I think that was like a, you know, I command you to do this kind of thing. Yeah. Um, Yeah, you can take it from here now for about like the next part because I I just wanted to talk about America's ass. America's ass. It's like, that really is America's ass. Yeah. (laughs) Tony makes a joke about, um, about how like the costume was not very flattering for Steve and Ant Man's like oh so he, he Tony says that costume never did anything for your ass Rogers and then uh, Ant Man's like well if you ask me Cap that's America's ass uh, and then like with with uh, Battle of New York Cap out cold on the floor he's he's looking at him slumped over on the ground he's like that really is America's ass yeah <laughs> and then he and then he runs off. So oh, then the the three of them rendezvous back. What we need back. to do for the tea public is we need to make a shirt that's like a peach emoji wearing Cap's costume. <laughs> you can head that one up, man. I just wow. <laughs> I don't know. Not bad. Or you could do like the American flag emoji and then the peach. Yeah. Avengers <laughs> Endgame. Yeah, whatever, whatever it takes. But the four, no, the three of them rendezvous back up somewhere on the streets in the middle of the scuffle. And um, Bruce meets up with Ant-Man and Hulk and Steve meets up with them as well. Okay, so I guess there are four of them there. Um, The four of them meet up and Tony and Ant-Man are like, yeah, okay, so we kind of dropped the ball with the Tesseract. Loki got it. We got away. And Pim Juice. I'm just going to call it Pim Juice. <laughs> Pim Juice. We don't have enough Pim Juice to go back again. Have enough time to go back to what is now five years in the future. Or no, 10 years in the future. So it really just reinforced for me bonded Tony and Steve are in this scene where they have another similar to um, it reminded me of age of Ultron. Whenever somebody said uh, Bruce is like, it's in some place like Wakanda, Wakanda. <laughs> and immediately the two of them look at each other and like, I thought your dad got it all, you know, and, and they're having this conversation where they both know what they're talking about, but we're still in the dark, you know? Yeah. Which and I love, like, like that. I'm, I'm gonna, I'm gonna get meta for a second. That scene gave me like such you and me vibes, and like the way yeah. like, you and I will talk in like a completely different realm than everybody else in the room. And, and everybody's just like, any, anytime you want to us now, 
any any time now. We're ready for you to include us in the conversation. But they hatched this brilliant plan. Tony and Steve hatched this plan. They're thinking, okay, uh, we need pin particles to go back, and we need the Tesseract to go back. And the two of them, length above everybody else's heads, figure out, they riddle out that if you go back to um, camp... Um, why am I blanking on this now? The one time I actually <laughs> need this information. That would be a great Schmodown question. What's the would name be a great Schmodown question. And I know it. It's camp. I feel like it's camp less something. That sounds right. Uh, and you use your JTE rule. Ask for a repeat. No, I'm not. I'm going to, I'm going to Google it. This is going to drive me absolutely crazy. But anyway, um, Camp, Google, it is. They go back to New Jersey circa 1950, I guess, after the war yeah, is over. they were in the 70s. They were in the 70s. Yeah, because uh, that was... Me. Well, the title card says 1970s, and then that's like 1970s. Oh, right, right, because there's, there's Stanley. Okay, so they go back to the 70s, Camp Lehigh. Captain America already knows that, okay, the S.H.I.E.L.D. operation slash Hydra was going on in the ammunition bunker on the base. And so they go back and they find dun, 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 the Tesseract heard by Howard Stark after Cap goes in the ice. They have it back at Camp Lejeune, or Camp Lehigh. Excuse me, I keep... That's an actual fort. Anyway, no, no, this is my real world military historian coming in where, where it shouldn't be, but they go back to Camp Lehigh. They meet up with a couple people from their past. Um, Tony goes after the uh, Tesseract in the underbelly of the military base archive where he meets his dad who is very unsuspecting, very trusting as Stark is genuinely very decent man. <laughs> they so perceive funny. him, but they meet up and Howard is, is doing this whole, like, you seem really familiar to me, sport. Are you, are you new around here? You know, that kind of thing. And they talk it out and they end up having this really deep and meaningful conversation about family and about their personal lives. And it's just this really beautiful moment where Tony just kind of gets, probably the moment he's always wanted where he as an enlightened and no longer entirely narcissistic adult male can have a conversation with their dad that 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 have a meaningful connection with our parents have like the okay i made it yeah. that kind of a conversation Oh, it was just so great. It was so great to hear them like riddling it out. And, and Howard says something like, yeah, my wife's expecting actually. And of course we all know, haha, it's Tony. And Tony's yeah. like, yeah, actually I have, I have a daughter of my own. And he has this. Un like, it's just so great that Tony has the opportunity. Taking advice to his own dad. Yeah. And like he he brings in his his relationship with Morgan when he's talking about it and Howard like it'll be all right you'll do just fine 
I loved it so much. It's beautiful, beautiful interaction. It is really sweet. I love I it I just loved everything about that whole bit. Um we get a we get a cameo from Jarvis the butler, who is the inspiration yeah. for Jarvis the 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 anime uh the AI computer system. Yeah, the AI in in the up up to um that tony's got jarvis and meanwhile as cap is snooping around for the pim particles in um in hank pim's laboratory there on the shield base he stumbles accidentally into the office of peggy carter and through the blinds into the room next to it he sees her and they're standing like a foot from each other over the glass and that's the moment i think whenever cap You know, despite the fact that I'd come to terms with me being in the future, man, would it be nice to try again, you know? Yeah. That didn't that scene didn't make me cry, but I got choked up. Like didn't cry. I, was just like, I didn't oh. have a tear stream, but like my chest got tight. It was just so beautiful. That the the whole side quest with, with Tony and Steve was Oh, it rips your heart right out and then puts it back yeah. in again, all warm and fuzzy. Like anyway, I also love seeing the little, uh, the retro and helmet on. Ah, yeah. I noticed that as well. Like, Hey, look at that. Now, now I just want to see a scene where like fucking Michael Douglas is wearing that clunky thing. <laughs> now um, that the, now that the infinity saga has come to an end, I doubt we'll see anything like that, but man, yeah, no, no, still, yeah. I just part of me really badly wants to see him put that goofy. I want to see somebody wear the goofy helmet with the antennae. Yeah. <laughs> but before we um, jump back or jump forward in time again, we get a nice little Stanley cameo um, right as you know we as the audience are arriving at Camp Lehigh. Uh, he's driving by in in this this seventies car, and he's been de-aged with cgi was captain marvel his last real cameo or had they filmed the footage for infinity war before they, he passed they film a lot of them like super in advance like before um like before civil war was even out um the cameos for doctor strange black panther and home homecoming were all in the oh geez yeah i knew they filmed so, him in advance but like you know even I he is cg'd but i mean i, I he, yeah yeah he, he was de-aged i don't think they filmed it after he died i think he was still alive and it was like the de-aging cgi that disney just has no right to be that good <laughs> um, yeah for real though but it's terrifying but they uh I'm pretty sure they've said that this is his last one. I wouldn't be surprised if we get one in Far From Home, but I wouldn't be shocked that this is the, that this is it. But like he has like the Nuff said bumper sticker on the car, which like Nuff said. Oh yeah, Nuff said is like a half a step down from Excelsior. <laughs> yeah. So like, uh, you get said like the thing. It's like make love, not war. And he like you know, said. 
puts the pedal to the ground and you know it was beautiful and it was I, beautiful I, I, that i cried a bit <laughs> yeah, it wasn't like a full like i got that out there in captain marvel for the most part but i still jumping back ahead um tony and steve meet up again and with more pim juice they jump back to meet up with the rest of the avengers all at once um, because I think that's everything, right? They got him. Oh, oh, we missed some. Um, so Hawkeye and Natasha land on Vormir. And the two of them hike their way up the mountain. It's very reminiscent of the the first appearance of that scene in Infinity War. A lot of the Red Skull's dialogue is much the same. I love that. Um, the raccoon didn't have to climb a mountain. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I th- I'm trying to go see it again this weekend so I can pick up more on the nuances of the humor and stuff. Because right now, after a first watch, I only have like the general concept overview and the stuff that stuck out. No, you're but, good. Um, so they arrive and um, Red Skull does his whole like, welcome Clint, son of Clint. Welcome Natasha, son of Natasha. You know, whatever that he yeah. does. And he leads them up. That was another cool detail. I'm I'm sorry I'm interrupting you, but like, I don't know if you caught this part. Um, But the scene where like they're debating whether or not Red Skull's bullshitting them or not. And he's like, why? Because he knew your dad's name. And she's like, I did. (laughs) Yeah, I did. I did pick up on the, it's like, I didn't know my dad's name. But, uh, you know, you picked just about the typical Russian name. Yeah. behind sergey <laughs> so so you know the chances of nat's dad actually being named ivan are pretty good so they get up there to the top the red skull does his old you know you must sacrifice that which you love soul for a soul blah 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 and then clint and natasha each other in a battle of of magnanimity you know know, who is the best choice no i'm gonna die and part of me wondered you know with the two of them going up there it's obvious that they had a really really special bond all the way back to when we see them on screen together but i couldn't help but wonder throughout that scene if there was any possibility that they could walk out of there both of them with their lives because you know it just says you have to sacrifice what you love a soul for a soul Presley says that one of them has to die I don't think it it doesn't explicitly say it but it's pretty much implied that's it's supposed to happen okay it's not written but it's it's like okay but I, anyway, that was just a thought that I had in theater. Like, I wonder what sort of a thing you would have to give up to avoid anybody dying. Yeah, it's, but, but in any it says case, a soul for a soul, I think it has to be like some type of human sacrifice. But who's to say that you go up there alone? What happens then? If you're after the stone and you go up there by yourself... Then does he just say, sorry, you didn't bring a friend to slaughter. Um, you're going to have to try again. Bring bring your infant daughter, maybe a uh, good friend from high school. And try again. Or like if you went up there alone, what would 
tone. I don't know. That, that's a great question. Um, it's all I like have, there's nothing. There's nothing saying that you can't keep your life but lose your own soul. But you that have raises. Say, I, I don't know. It, you probably get turned away at that point. Would because you know that that gets might not even show up because there's no that point gets a little bit too for him to guide you too theological you know for like how exactly does one lose their soul you know for for a marvel movie i'm not I'm looking here for, for that my... but we don't have time in this review for it <laughs> we'll have we'll, we'll table that discussion for the summertime and just hash it out between the two of us maybe report back if we come up with anything of substance but anyway they are you know doing this whole thing um they kind of fist fight it for a hot sec um like he's going to make the jump because he's so upset with what he's become post snap and his family's gone and he's done horrible things since then. And so he's like, it's gotta be me. And then they fist fight it out. Natasha uses her little electro, you know, stuns him on the ground. Very technical term. Thank you. Just like pim juice. Anyway, she stuns him on the ground he kind of like shakes it off, gets up, fires an electric or uh, an explosive uh, concussion type arrow at the ground, blows her off to the side, and then makes the leap for himself. Falling, Nat use she jumps after him, grabs him, uses this this grapple gun thing, hooks onto the ledge at the top, hooks it to Clint's belt, and then she's hanging just like by one arm. They're they're doing this this whole you know, like Loki Thor type thing in, uh, you ever see a movie where someone's dangling from someone's arms? They did that. uh, That thing. Right. (laughs) And Hawkeye is scrambling for a reason or a way that Nat and sacrifice himself. But Nat's like, no, I'm not having it. And she pushes off the, the cliff with her legs and falls to her death. Very sad. Clint is here's when he wakes up in the pool with the soul stone and then weeps bitterly. Yeah, there's that. And then the least constant, I don't want to say least consequential because it's the only reason why we have a final battle in this movie. Um, Nebula and War Machine go to Morag and just basically wait for Peter Quill to show up. Um, we get like a really cool uh, reimagining of the come and get your love scene, um, which is really funny because you just see Quill dancing around like an idiot. And then you cut back to Nebula and Rhodey watching it. Yeah. And, it, and they're like, oh, he's an idiot. <laughs> and he's like singing to himself. I just, I knew that was coming because they couldn't pass up uh, a comic element like that where you're in quill's head for the first half of the scene and the music is blaring and he's dancing around and he's picking up rats as microphones and kicking them you know you know yeah and then you and then you cut to to roadie and nebula and it's just him like come and get your it's like dead silence in every every key but the right one Exactly. And it's just like you said it's just such a fun reimagination of that scene and very abruptly, Rhodey smacks him upside the head, knocks him out. <laughs> the funny part is, like, when, when Quill does the slide where the... Um, I think it's like when he does the slide 
where like you cut back and you see like as he passes through the screen is when the Guardians of the Galaxy title card comes up. It's at the very end of the slide, Rhodey just thwacks him in the head. Like he just domes him and he passes out. Um, Anyway, the two of them go up, they get the stone. At this time, it is, I think, the first time that this particular plot detail is revealed that since Nebula is like half human, half machine, and she's got this very videographic memory system, yeah, she activates the memory in her past self that starts to slowly and and throughout the and and it jumps back to Thanos and Gamora and Nebula before the events of Guardians of the Galaxy where they're still, you know, raiding the, the, the universe, wreaking all kinds of uh, a mayhem and glimpse of this video footage from the future. And Thanos very slowly starts putting the pieces together over the next 20 minutes of the movie, maybe where he's starting to realize, no, this is the future self. And I actually did it. I got it all together. And this is their feeble attempt to, to undo the damage that I've caused and so then he hatches his brilliant plan. Go after them in the future. But anyway, we'll get to that. We'll get back to that in a second. They successfully, um, Rhodey and Nebula successfully snagged the Power Stone. And they meet up with the rest of the crew back in the Avengers facility in New York. Where... Except... Uh, who doesn't show up? Doesn't somebody not show up? Uh, yeah, Nat doesn't show up because she died. That's right, duh. Uh, yeah, but uh, the important thing is that Thanos, um, past Thanos and past Gamora and past Nebula, kidnap Nebula. They grift her pin particles and um, do a switcheroo. So Nebula, past on, Nebula, like, who is orange faceplate? Yeah, incognito. She shows up, nobody suspects a thing, and then assembling the Iron Man version of the Infinity Gauntlet, which I know as soon as they make a collector's edition of that you will be having your 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 greasy paws on one of those. <laughs> as soon as I saw that, I was like, Jared wants it. I know it. Funny you mention it. <laughs> oh my In the gosh. theater. Okay, I brought my gauntlet into our showing. Yeah. My like normal gauntlet. Yeah. And as we walked in like 30 minutes before the movie started, and, like we were getting our seats, like the whole room got quiet. Because like I just walked in and all you hear is like the idle hum from the gauntlet. <laughs> yeah. And I was like moving it around and like I saw one guy and he there was like, hey dude, how's it going? And I like high-fived him with the gauntlet, like shook his hand. Um oh. which is funny. But we're <laughs> we're sitting there, and I have like the gauntlet, like in like locked in the fist in display mode, sitting like between my legs, um, in the movie theater, like on the floor. And um, Iron, like Tony's building like the Iron Infinity Gauntlet, and I like and like Zach and Casey slowly looked at me, and I looked at them, and I'm like, "That's right-handed. <laughs> this is left-handed. I can wear both at the same time." <laughs> That's. I can't eat. Uh, really excited. I was like, I was like the whole movie kept going out. Oh, I, I need the other one. <laughs> now. I can't. 
So you were right on the money about that because I immediately was like, yep, that's my new toy. Hey, so they're back in the Avengers facility. Tony is finalizing the um, mechanical preparations for the Iron Infinity Gauntlet. They're setting the stones in. Everything's looking great. Thor, Hulk says basically, since this thing is emitting mostly gamma radiation, it seems like I'm the only one that's going to be able to put it on and live. So he puts the Infinity Gauntlet on. It, like we said, it it, it just rips damage up his right arm and up to his neck. And they're thinking, okay, just remember, bring everybody that died back to this reality where we are right now he makes the snap right as he does this shot of nebula reconfiguring the um space travel um quantum machine and the flagship of thanos bursts up and through the roof and is now in the sky yeah directly after the snap and that happens Clint's phone starts ringing and it's from his wife who, no. Yeah. Well, yeah. Ant-Man. They do the snap. Ant-Man walks out the door and he's looking out the window and there's like a bunch of birds outside. Um, And then Hawkeye's phone goes off. Oh. Phone goes off and they all have this realization like, yeah, we did it. Woohoo. Thanos attacks the Avengers facility, blows it to the ground. I am I was in theater thinking to myself, there is no way that any of them survive this in real life. Except maybe Hulk. You know, like they should all be dead. And could have away with it because he cut he probably could like shrank his way through the rubble. Okay, but besides besides him, but like Cap should be dead. Iron Man should be dead. Be dead. Everybody should be dead. That should have been dead from when Thanos punched him in the face in the last movie, first of all. <laughs> Goes to show. But anyway. But regardless. Regardless. Um, in the yeah, rubble, so- they're, they're scrambling to find the, the gauntlet and also trying to get out from under the rubble. Thanos uh, is slowly deploying his army down to Earth. Take it from here, Jared. So, yeah, Thanos um, levels the Avengers facility. They, uh, they're they scrambling to like get back on their feet and get back into the fight. Um, Hulk is trying to hold up part of the, the very bottom of the building, which is starting to flood. And uh, it looks like Hulk, Rhodey, and Rocket are all about to drown down there. Ant-Man's trying to make his way to Hulk, Rhodey, and Rocket so they can get the hell out. Um, uh, Hawkeye is trying to get the uh, Iron Gauntlet away from Thanos' forces, and the big three. Um, oh, and whenever uh, Hulk wa- or Thor was in Asgard earlier, he also retrieved Mjolnir. Hey, of course. How did we forget I that? I also said before he would get a past version of Mjolnir back. Um, but he has the hammer back, and uh, Thor, Cap, and Iron Man all kind of end up in the same area, and they see that Thanos is waiting. Um, without the stones they agree this is definitely a trap but he's stoneless it's three on one uh we're gonna kill him so thor and thor with all of the big dick energy um 
you know, summons down the lightning. I love the fact that he stays fat. I never liked the fact that he stayed fat, but since they made that commitment, I'm glad they stuck with it for the whole I'm movie. Glad they stuck with it. It's also like super body positive though. Like it, it's very much saying like, you know what? Thor is a badass, no matter if he's pudgy or fucking jacked. Yeah. Like his muscles could have muscles. It doesn't matter. Thor's still Thor. And he could be like hella beer belly and still be the God of Thunder. Um, but they, uh, Tony, Steve, and Thor all try to go after Thanos. Thanos explains that now that he has seen that the universe, uh, a post-snap universe will not be happy because it will still be mourning the half that it lost and not see that it's been saved, that he will completely wipe out humanity and start over because uh, clearly the universe isn't ready to do what he wants to do for them. So they realize that Thanos is going to go for an even bigger cataclysm uh, should he succeed. So they try to take him out all while Hawkeye is trying the gauntlet from uh, past Nebula. Meanwhile, future Nebula recruits past Gamora to help out and uh, join the good guy side. They have a moment where they get to like, uh, you know, Mexican standoff. Um, Future Nebula kills past Nebula, which like thoroughly explains to the audience how the time travel works because they didn't do the cliche you know, ooh, past me's dead, I'm dead, ah. No. <laughs> uh, so they didn't do that, which was good, because um, I got kind of nervous that they were going to completely fuck up the time travel mechanic and have Nebula die, but they didn't. Um, but they get the gauntlet, they're trying to get the gauntlet to safety. Um, Tony gets KO'd. Uh, Thor is dual-wielding uh, Mjolnir and Stormbreaker. And at one point, um, he does the, he like, I love it. Fucking love. And like Thor, like tosses Mjolnir up and like, like he's like doing batting practice almost. He like tosses Mjolnir up and like cracks it with Stormbreaker into Thanos. Oh yeah. But in doing that, Thanos blocks it. Mjolnir's out of the way. He tries to kill Thanos with Stormbreaker again. It doesn't work. Uh, Thor is disarmed and, Thanos is about to push Stormbreaker's blade through Thanos's chest because Stormbreaker doesn't have the worthiness enchantment. Um, I mean, theoretically, Thanos couldn't be worthy. I don't think he is. Regardless, it doesn't have the enchantment that Mjolnir does. But at, right before Thor is run through, a payoff all the way back from Age of Ultron. <laughs> all you see is the hammer go flying into the back of Thanos's head and then it flies back into Cap's hand and Thor like really loudly I love Thor's reaction he's just like I knew it I knew it um and then Cap goes ham on Thanos oh my shit I was I, I was, thought he was gonna kill him he was <laughs> he was bringing it I was losing it I was like jumping up and down in my seat like a whole audience whole whole theater was losing their damn minds um and like cap does some like really imaginative stuff with the hammer um i I think by virtue of like him being who he is and the fact that he's using these two very different weapons simultaneously um but like he uh like i my, my favorite was he would like use one to like hit thanos harder with the other 
Yeah. Where like he would like toss the hammer up and throw his shield into the hammer to like cause like a huge thunderclap in Thanos' face. Um, he also similar to what Thor did with where he like tosses the shield up and like thwacks it with the hammer into Thanos. Um, but eventually, uh, he's also like casting all the lightning at him and stuff and electrocuting him. Um, but eventually, Thanos is able to get his bearings and uh, he puts Cap on his back foot and uh, shatters the shield. He cuts the shield right in half. Um, this was something that I have failed as of yet to research, but it looked kind of like the way the shield was split in half was the same way that it was split. Tony's vision in Age of Ultron. Pretty much. You fact check me on that one? I will check you. I'm going to look it up. I think you're right. Um, Shield broke. Shield in Ultron. Uh, Pretty much. It's about the same, yeah. Because it's not like it's cut in half, but it's not like a 50 50 cut. Like it's kind of like um, jagged how yeah. it's cut. And that's pretty similar to the way it's cut in the movie, which is, you know, good eye. I figured it would look like that, but yeah, you're right. But yeah, it is. Um, it is. I think it is. Even though in the vision that Tony had, it was only broken into two pieces. And yeah, in... It's like cut multiple times. Um, Thanos kind of whittles the shield down. Oh my gosh, no, it's exact. In, in Tony's vision, the it's, it's, in th- it's in two pieces, but one of the halves is fractured, but hasn't completely fallen apart yet. Yeah, it is. You're right. Holy crap. Good eye. Anyway, so fun little Easter egg for you there. Tony's vision was, in truth, somewhat accurate, despite yeah. the fact that it was crazy. Cursed with knowledge. Cursed with knowledge. Um, but, uh, Steve, uh, Thanos says in, like, I feel like the <laughs> the, the writers and the Russos were, like, we're aware of the fact that the amount of people who did the whole, oh, you know, Thanos is secretly right and he's secretly the good guy. Um, they were aware of that. So they made Thanos like up front say, I'm going to enjoy destroying the earth. Yeah, just to just to, to the make no doubt. Like, he's not doing it maliciously. He thinks he's doing the right thing. And they like, like spelled it out. Thanos wants to hurt people. Yeah, <laughs> like, no doubt in anyone's this. mind. At this point, yeah. Um, so he knocks Cap on his back leg, just in time for. Forget he, what happens uh, next. Picks himself up, and when I was talking about like how there's a bunch of shots in this movie that like I want a painting of. Um. Number one on that list is the shot where like the sun in the sky is almost completely snuffed out by the smoke and the clouds. You have Thanos' massive army on the on the hill, and you have Thanos and Steve staring each other off with the shattered shield in his hand. I want that as a pain. Side note. Okay. But 
um, as Steve's getting ready for his like final moments because he knows it's not looking good, uh, a, a kind of warbled transmission starts to come through. And it's really hard to understand at first. And then eventually he's able to make it out that it's it, the message is a voice saying, Steve, it's Sam. It's Sam on your left. At which point, a bunch of the uh, sparkly Doctor Strange portals all start to open. And out begin to walk uh, Black Panther, Okoye, and Shuri. Out begin to walk the Guardians of the Galaxy, Doctor Strange, and Spider-Man. Out begin to fly the Wasp and a bunch of sorcerers and an, an entire Wakanda army and the Nova Corps. And all of these people who are all coming to save the Earth, Giant Man or Ant Man grows into Giant Man. Um, he rescues Hulk, War Machine, and Rocket. Um, you know, everybody who's still alive is getting tagged in. Valkyrie shows up, um, and it's just one giant line of all of every single hero, every single hero, all lined up ready for war, and. Um, you should have heard the way I screeched when he said it. I kind of wish I had like a video of me whenever Cap said it. Oh, it was shit. it was so great! Right. What a, what a fantastic moment, though. Because he, it's Steve, he's he's standing up, he's getting ready. He calls the hammer back. Avengers, camera gets real close on us. I'm getting like worked up talking about it. Camera like zooms in on his face. Assemble, and they they chase off to go uh, fight Thanos' army back. And I I started like I've never sobbed and cheered at the same time before, but in the theater I was sobbing and cheering at the same time. Like I was just so overwhelmed, and I was like, yeah! like oh, I was not okay. I was so not okay. Um. A huge, massive battle is uh, raging on, and like we're getting some really cool reunions. Um, the number one is like uh, Call Obsidian uh, attacks Iron Man, and like he's getting ready to like pound Tony into the ground, and Spider Man webs him back, and then Giant Man steps on him, uh, which is really funny. Um, and then Tony and Peter get to have their reunion, and they hug, and you know. He hugs him back. Or Tony hugs him first. Um, Yeah. Peter's reaction, like, this is nice. Um, (laughs) was funny. Uh, But yeah, everyone is, it's it's, it's a massive battle. Um, I don't think there's, there's it's hard to explain in particular, besides just like all the good guys versus all the bad guys. Yeah, pretty much. Um, And it's incredible. Um, they're trying to cap tells Hawkeye to get the stones as far as away as possible. Hulk says, no, we can't do that. We need to get back where they came from. So Ant-Man and the Wasp team up to try to fix the uh, portal inside of the X-Con van um, so that they can get the uh, quantum tunnel up and running. Okay. Pardon me. And that is why all the characters do like a relay baton scene with uh 
Captain Marvel and Spider-Man and Hawkeye, and they're all trying to get it to the other end of the battlefield. Well, yeah, yeah. Well, it starts, yeah, it starts with Hawkeye, truck. and then Hawkeye's about to be bum-rushed, and then he tosses it to Black Panther, and then Black Panther gets tied up with Ebony Maw, and then he tosses it to Spider-Man. And they get to see Spider-Man use the instant kill mode from, uh, yeah, Homecoming. from Homecoming. Which I love, where he like the arms came out, and he's just like punching dudes in the throat with the spider arms. Like he's just throat punching outriders left and right. Like <laughs> it was like so brutal so from cool. Spider Man because he just perches himself up and he just like just like I said, just like throat punching dudes with metal arms. Um, but yeah, he's uh while Thanos is being overwhelmed by Scarlet Witch, uh, he orders the Sanctuary Two to do an orbital strike. Um, and he just he just uh, covers the whole battlefield in a, a cannon fire. Um, at one point, Tony asks Doctor Strange if this is the one reality where they're supposed to win. And uh, Doctor Strange says, if I tell you what's supposed to happen, it won't. Um, which is like really cryptic and gets everybody on edge. Um, but the... Uh, the uh, f- uh, they're bombarding the battlefield. The sorcerers put up like a protective spell over most of the good guys, and then the cannon fire abruptly stops, and they start shooting into the air. And everyone goes, "What are they firing at?" And then all you see is like a gold streak coming through the sky as uh, oh. Captain Mark just decimates the sanctuary too. Oh, to this so point. Great. I had thoroughly forgotten that she was even in the movie. It had been so long. Yeah, well, because she, like she says before, she's like, you know, there's an entire universe dealing with all the stuff the Earth is. She has duties elsewhere. And, you know, I've seen, I saw, you know, the same people like, oh, Captain Marvel sucks. No, no one likes Brie Larson. The Russo brothers wrote her out of the movie. They didn't write her out of the movie. She had shit to do elsewhere. That's part of her character. It would have been weird if she stayed on Earth. But regardless, she flies in, destroys the sanctuary too, and then uh, Steve tells uh, Carol that um, she thinks she needs to get the gauntlet into the portal and needs to get the stones back. And then um, a nice little little uh, introduction of Captain Marvel to Spider Man, which I love. Um, yeah. I love both of those characters in that that moment was really fun. It's like, hi, I'm Peter Parker. Hi, Peter Parker. You got something for me? Like it was, it was just yeah. so funny. It was, I loved it. Um, and he hands it off, and he's like, "Oh, I don't know how you're gonna get that over there." Um, and then Okoye and every other female superhero in the movie, aside from our uh, dearly departed Black Widow, is there. And Okoye is like, she has help. Um, and just like Infinity War, they had like a really cool girl power scene. Um, which was sweet, only you know? my only beef with the yay girl power scene thing is that all of these characters are like superhero landing, really cool, assembling, and then Mantis drops into the frame. <laughs> okay, I mean, I get that this is like the woohoo girl power scene, but like honestly, what the Mantis, fuck is Mantis doing? <laughs> let's be honest here what what are you doing what are you doing here are you just gonna like run like putting your hands on people making them fall asleep just like back and forth wham left right left right sleep 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 sleep. 
that was my only that was my only legitimate beef with that particular woman power scene is like mantis really what are you doing (laughs) oh no that's my head cannon is that that's what she was doing the whole time Sleep, 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 running her ass off, just sleep, 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 sleep. Uh, but in any case, oh my God. you get this yeah. cool little woman power scene. They bum rush it over. They get to the van. And the They're thing not is, able. Javelins his double-sided sword into the portal. Destroys it. And so they cannot go back and return the stones to get them out of Thanos's reach. Well, once again, ensues between Thanos and the Avengers. Thanos is getting the upper hand. He very nearly gets the snap again. Yeah, like four times because like he's getting the gauntlet and everybody's trying to fight him off, get it away from him, but he keeps grabbing it and he gets he gets his hand in there and then somebody else comes and attacks him and he and he bumps them off and then he's like getting his fingers up and then Iron Man swoops in and is like doing and boom punches Iron Man out of the way and then he's like bringing his fingers up, almost does the snap and somebody else gets in his way. And then well, at one point, like they get like a really weird, like Thor and Cap, like pin him down. We're like Thor, like Thor puts like the handle of Stormbreaker against his throat and then like wraps his arm and the handle of Mjolnir around it. And then Steve like jumps on the Thanos's back and puts him in a headlock. And then, like, Iron Man tries to, like, rush Thanos while he's pinned down. And, like, Thor was, like, charging up with lightning. I think he was going to let down just, like, a huge lightning strike on Thanos. Yeah. But, uh, Thanos broke loose before he could. And then Captain Marvel. I love the showdown they have between Captain Marvel and Thanos. Like, it was, like, really fun to watch because they did a very good job of showing just how powerful Carol is and kind of, you know, a middle finger to the angry fanboys who were yeah. like, oh, she's good. You know, that like they simultaneously <laughs> showed how incredibly powerful she was by not letting her, like, while not letting her be like a Trump. You know what I mean? Right. Like, it's like she acts like they, they strike a balance there between her, and, like, they avoided the ending of Justice League. Where, like, the league is, like, on their heels, about to lose, and they win because Clark shows up. They yeah. didn't have that with this. Like, they they definitely won in large part because of Carol. Because, again, he would have snapped had she not, like, gra- physically grabbed his hand. Yeah, and but... Him down. You know, he tried but it wasn't him. solely because, you know... Yeah, it was, a, yeah. it was a team effort. Good work, team. Yeah. Um... Thanos throws Carol off. I also love the headbutt, though. Her ballsy. I like it. <laughs> she like, has a grab of the gauntlet, and he tries to headbutt her, and she just doesn't move. And then um, Thanos, being very crafty, um, like yanks the Power Stone out of the gauntlet and just punches Carol with his other hand. Hey. Um, which was cool. And then strange kind of like gestures to Tony. That, like, this is the one you need to act now. Right. And then Tony goes 
to confront Thanos. They throw down briefly. He grabs the gauntlet and from snapping. Thanos kind of gives him the backhand. He throw he flies into a, a pile of rubble, is incapacitated, and then Thanos raises his hand and snaps, and nothing happens. To Iron Man and Iron Man's iron suit, his nano suit is like slowly rearranging the stones on the back of his right hand onto the Iron Man suit. Thanos, oh, excuse me, Thanos has that line um, while he is raising his hand, like, I told you, I am inevitable. And he snaps, nothing happens. And Tony has his even more iconic line. I and snap and the Chitauri slowly start to dissolve into dust. They go away. Iron Man has obviously been thinking destroy Thanos and his army whenever he's rubbing his genie bottle of infinity stones. And so poetic. It's so like, cathartic like i remember looking around the theater and everybody just had like the same like it was kind of like a shit-eating grin like everybody was kind of like yeah how does it feel yeah it's like oh it's it's it is so poetic and it's cathartic you know it's just oh it it feels good (laughs) it feels good then of course since Tony is not physically capable of handling well, the, the energy outsurge. You know, yes, you, you didn't mention it yet, but like Thanos himself turns to dust. Right, right. Thanos, Thanos goes along with the rest of his army. But then Tony, unwilling to withstand the, the sheer energy output from the snap, um, his right arm, much like Hulk, is deteriorating, and he is slumped over on that same pile of rubble. The Avengers kind of gather around to see what's going on. Um, Peter Parker goes over and is talking to him for a second. Um, Tony really doesn't say much, which is really my only beef with that scene is that Tony had nothing to say to anybody, including Pep. I don't think he had. I don't think he could. Like, I think that's the point. Like, he's like. The only thing he he's barely able to get the words "Hey Pep" out. Like it's so strange. Like I think that's how fuck. Like like that's how like that was the toll it took on him. Is the only time he was able to bring himself to speak was to say goodbye to Pepper. Right and like okay that that's that's understandable and whatnot, but it was just pointing way for for that character to end with like, you know, I just, just anything would have done. But anyway, that's a small beef with an otherwise fabulous movie. But I uh, I love the fact that like, I mean, unless you count, Hey Pep, which like, it's such a smaller line. And so like an intimate thing, but like the fact that like, for all intents and purposes, his last words are, I am Iron Man. Oh, yeah. Hard. So Um, uh, the Avengers gather around and they witness Tony breathe his last breath as he succumbs to the physical strain and gamma radiation emitted from the snap. And with that, the first is, uh, is now, is now gone. Poor Tony. 
there, but uh, I was feeling the feels for sure. And then quickly after his death, it flashes forward, presumably a couple weeks uh, to the to the fallout from the the battle. Uh, I don't remember which happens first. Well, yeah, it it, it cuts from uh, Tony um, passing away to a voiceover from Tony, um, where we see Hawkeye reunited with his family. Uh, we see. Wakanda celebrating um, the resurrection of everybody. Uh, We see Peter go back to school and uh, reunite with Ned. Um, We see uh, um, Scott with Hope Van Dyne and his daughter. And then we see that it is a pre-recorded like hologram message that Tony left in the event that he didn't survive the coming battle. And uh, basically says that uh, he hopes that if he didn't make it, that then when they play it back, they're watching it in celebration, and that uh, he hopes that all is well, and says that like it basically says that the universe is a massive, crazy, beautiful place that is just beyond the pale of what anybody could ever have imagined, and that um, he knows that everybody will find their way in it. And um, right before he ends the, the the call, he seemingly knowing where Morgan would be sitting on the couch when they watch the recording. Uh, the video basically looks right at Morgan and says, I love you 3000. And I'm, I'm getting choked up, like recalling the scene. Um, it says the whole I love you 3000 thing and ends the recording. At which point we see uh, Pepper bring out a. Um, a bouquet uh, that they're about to like put on the lake outside of the Stark house. And um, they set it down and the camera has like a, like a shot of like the bouquet passing by. And we see that it, that on top of the bouquet is the first arc reactor Tony had with the proof that Tony Stark has a heart uh, text on it. And the camera cuts back, and in like one massive, heartbreaking tracking shot, we see uh, Pepper, Morgan, Happy, Rhodey, Spider-Man, Aunt May, Hulk, Thor, Cap, the Guardians, Strange, Wong, Hawkeye's family, um, Ant-Man, uh, Ant-Man, Hope, um, Hank, and uh, Janet, the newer Avengers like Rhodey or um, like uh, Bucky, Sam, and Scarlet Witch, and then at the very end of the procession, uh, standing on the porch are Captain Marvel and Nick Fury. Um, Hawkeye and Scarlet Witch lament that they hope that somehow, some way, Black Widow and Vision know that they won. And they both agree that, you know, they think they do, that they, they, they agree that, like, I think they know, like, somewhere out there they know. Um, and then uh, after that, this next scene is the scene that was spoiled for me on Twitter. By the way, this is the uh, one. <laughs> With, that's uh, the, what what an awful scene to be one. spoiled. I'm going to let you take this one because Cap's your boy. 
Right. Cap is my boy. And in my heart, I hoped that this would be the case. Um, so flashing back to the trailer with the Peggy Carter um, voiceover. When she says, you know, sometimes the best that we can do is to start over. Um, well, they decide to do that. They send Cap, Captain America back in the quantum time jump thing with all six of the stones and enough Pym juice to last him through all the jumps. And he is tasked with replacing the stones at the exact moment that they took them to restore the um the continuity of the time flow and make sure that everything is back as it is and that they don't have any loose ends. Um, Professor Hulk is there. Bucky is there. Cap and Bucky share a, a quick moment. Um, Falcon is also there. The, and then Cap gets the, up on what? The, I also love the callback they have to uh, First Avenger with the whole don't do anything stupid until I get back. Oh, yeah. Yeah, you're taking all the stupid with you. Yeah, it's oh, so good. So then Cap says, yep, go ahead and pull the switch. And then Sam, who hasn't seen this before, is all like, so how long is it going to be until it gets him back? And he's like, three, two, one. And then Cap doesn't show up. Doesn't come back through the quantum jump. And they're kind of like, well, where the heck is Cap? And and Professor Hulk is like frantically doing his thing on the 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 computer screen, trying to make sure that he didn't do any. Yeah, he should be back. I don't know where he is. And then notice a figure sitting on a park bench, facing the lake, a ways away from them. Um, and Sam and Bucky slowly approach the the figure, and we soon find out that it is a very old steve rogers sitting on the bench with a circular leather pouch um, next to him bucky gestures to sam like go ahead go go up and talk to him and uh, uh, sam and captain america share a nice moment of of um reflection where cap says i decided to take tony's advice and try the whole domestic life thing um Add a little bit about, you know, the past and and what the future could potentially entail, and the conversation closes with Captain America presenting for Sam to use from this point out his vibranium shield, and Sam is just overwhelmed with gratitude and he's he's honored beyond words. He just says thank you, Cap. For a moment. And then it flashes back to the 1940s in what looks like uh, the the suburbs of New York. It slowly pans in through the front window of the house to find Steve and Peggy Carter slowly dancing to some big band jazz music. And with that, the credits roll. Yes, um, there isn't an official um end credit scene i will say this much um however did you stay through the credits i had to run but i was told that um there was no end credit scene but there was an end credit sound but that i could find it on the <laughs> internet later so i listened to it later that night go ahead and take it um yeah it's a really cool um i'm a sucker for when you end things the way they began um that's why the i am iron man thing spoke to me so much um 
Uh, I, I, I love bookends like that. And once the credits finally roll and the screen goes black, you can hear the sound of like a hammer hitting an anvil. And it's very clearly the sound of like Tony building the first, the Mark One in that cave uh, from Iron Man One. You can get into the debate as whether or not that's a sign that Tony will be back in some way. Um, it's comic books. No one ever dies for good in comic books. You know? Yeah. Even, and especially even Ben and, and the Waynes have come back in some way, shape, or Yeah. So who knows what could happen. But yeah, that was really beautiful. I have a theory. Um, I think Cap told Steve, or I think Steve told Bucky what he was going to do. I think I think Bucky knew exactly what was going to happen whenever they had their whole, you know, uh, take all the stupid with you conversation. I think Bucky was looking at him like, I know what the fuck you're about to do. And I love you for it. I love you. You earn this because like he's already looking in the direction of where Steve's going to be. Yeah, he's already looking at the at the lake at that bench. Like, I, I, I have to. There's a part of me that's like he told Bucky where he was like, hey. You can explain this to them after the fact. I'm going to go be with Peggy. Like, I'm going to go do my own thing. I, like, as far as you guys know, it'll only be a couple seconds. But. And honestly, it breaks my heart. Cap isn't going to be appearing in any more movies, possibly at all, but definitely not as a as a combatant for the current age and that part just, oh it ripped my heart out i love captain america's character so much that's that and line that sam has he's like you know it's really bumping in the out i have to live in a world without captain america that's me that is me yeah. you know you know and i was like sam why are you knowing exactly what i'm thinking but honestly i couldn't have asked for a better way to wrap up cap's character it was so beautiful and it was so sound. The only loose end left that I can think of is what about Sharon? <laughs> you know? Yeah. <laughs> and and I wasn't the only one who was like, oh, excuse me. What about Sharon? Where has she been all this time? I assume that she's, you know, doing her thing with the FBI or with the CIA, wherever she is now. Um, but it's just such su- such a nice way to, to wrap things up. I'm really really pleased with how this movie went. Um, despite how it ripped my heart out and then stamped on it, and then and then ran it under the faucet for a couple minutes and cleaned it out and then put it back where it belonged. Like, oh, well, it was such I'm- a hard movie to watch at points for different reasons. But it, oh, what I will tell you is this. Um, and I agree with this statement and I've seen a lot of people on Twitter and all over the interwebs who have been talking about the movie say that, um, Endgame is even harder to watch on the second viewing. Um, I don't know why it is, but it is. And I, I found myself crying harder. The second time in all the same places as the first time, including the trailer for Rise of Skywalker. Um, but yeah, um, I absolutely loved Endgame and I can't wait to see where uh, Marvel moves from here. Uh, we have the Eternals on the way. We have the Shang-Chi movie. We have 
more Captain Marvel movies, more Doctor Strange movies, Spider-Man Far From Home, and subsequent Spider-Man movies. There's a lot of Marvel on the way. This is not the end of the MCU. This is just the end. Well, it feels like it. (laughs) It's the end of the MCU as we know it. It It feels like it. It's the end of this story. Um, Just the only story we've known so far. Yeah. But Uh, nonetheless, there is still more. Life goes on. There there is. Life goes on. We have all of these shows on Disney Plus and. All of these movies on the way, and it's 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 going to be a hoot. It's going to be a great time. Um, Spencer, your uh, your your closing thoughts and a score. Oh man, closing thoughts. I already said it's going to be really difficult moving on from here and getting into see. Uh, spider-man far from home but if we know disney and if if we know marvel um far from home as we expect is going to be much more lighthearted. it's going to be a lot more cheerful i think it's going to do a great job of of getting us back into the marvel universe and and reminding us why we loved all these movies in the first place uh to get us to come back for more which i'm sure i will even if they're garbage because you know i'm a comic book podcaster so i kind of have to but yeah. Hey, don't forget I've we're been, seeing hey, don't forget the most anticipated movie of the year we're seeing in a couple months. Dark Phoenix. Oh, don't shut up. <laughs> most anticipated movie of the year, my ass. Um <laughs> but honestly, the thing that okay, I didn't cry throughout the movie. I'm not a crier, like I said. But the thing that almost made me cry was not even the movie. It was a uh, a picture that I saw on the internet, like tableaus from the shows and the movies. One was from um, Rise of Skywalker, one was from Endgame, and one was from Game of Thrones season eight. And it said, In 2019, everything we love will come to an end. And I almost cried right then and there. Yeah. But ahead and give a score i don't want to dwell on how much i loved and hated this movie for different reasons but mostly because it was just so stinking good um because i don't believe that there is such thing as a perfect movie out of 10 i will give avengers endgame a 9.8 if it was not perfect it was as damn close to perfect as i think i have ever seen yeah i um I can't remember if we did like numbers or letters for Marvel. I should probably go back and listen to that. And just for the sake of consistency, we can rescore accordingly. A 9.8 <laughs> is, is, is still an A plus man. <laughs> yeah. Uh, no, I, can't remember, I can't remember if it was one to 10 or one to five or an eight. Multiply eight your, your 10 score rating by, uh, by 10 and then convert that into a letter grade based on the percentage you get. So Jared, what is your, uh, movie score for Avengers end game? Um, based on the sheer fact that this movie exists is a feat. True. And I have not, I, I have not seen a more satisfying ending than I have in Endgame. I hope I I hope Endgame is dethroned this Christmas by Rise of Skywalker um, because it is my Star Wars is my first love. Then um, I am pulling for that. That that 
that movie I'm gonna like I was I saw it again with Travis Grossman the other night. I told him I'm like, bro, like y'all are gonna need to fucking medicate me during Rise of Skywalker. <laughs> like I'm not like I was like just based off of how I was able to handle it, uh, Endgame, which was not well. Rise of Skywalker is going to be a shit show. So y'all are gonna need to just bring like you know like a fucking riddle in and just you know when the crawl starts like shoveling down my throat. Um, but the amount of catharsis and beauty and payoff that is in this movie, I personally have to give it a 10. I just, I can't, I can't, I can't not, I can't not like it's, it's perfect. Like everything, like this movie, I mean, it's not perfect as a movie. There's no, like you said, there's no such thing as a perfect movie. There's going to be things that you can nitpick and improve, and that's the point. But, like, when you look at this movie as what it's trying to be, it checked every single box and then a couple extras. So, on that level, it's a perfect movie, and I, I couldn't ask for more from it. Um, so, it does get a perfect score from me. Um, I'm very impressed by Endgame and everything that Kevin Feige. And the entire creative team at Marvel Studios is able to accomplish. Uh, but yeah, um, that is the official Hall of Heroes uh, Avengers Endgame uh, spoiler cast. Um, uh, next week, we'll be back with just normal news um, where there's a lot of news to catch up on, lots of announcements, mostly revolving around Disney Plus. Uh, but Spencer, where can the nice folks at home find you? You can find me on Instagram at Spenceman Cosplays. And actually, I don't think I posted anything from April Con now that I'm thinking about it. I think Not we took yet. all the- I did I posted something earlier of you and me today, yeah. I'm always looking the but- tagged portion of <laughs> of uh of my Insta to see what's up. But I don't know yet if I'll be at con in August. That's something I'll have to work out, but you'll find out eventually throughout the show, whether I'll be there in August. But as always, you can find me at Spence Band cosplays on Instagram. Check me Still out. Trying to me convince follow. Him to get a Twitter. Still trying to convince him to get a Twitter. Not going to happen. You want to know why? McCoy why? is why. Buffalo Bills player, Sean, LaShawn McCoy, after seeing Endgame, tweeted a complete spoiler for the end of the movie. And that is why I'm not getting a Twitter. Well, then just don't use Twitter whenever a movie's coming out. I'm going to not use Twitter by not getting Twitter. You'd enjoy Twitter. I'd seriously, like you would enjoy nerd Twitter. Nerd Twitter is like the best part of the internet. Possible that you do not know me quite as well as you think you do. In any case, Jared, where can they find you? They can find me on Instagram and Twitter at DarkJedi2552. Obviously, follow Spencer and my cosplay group, uh, New Regime Cosplay. Follow Dubak Discussion on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook as well. And don't forget to check out our Tee Public, where we got lots of cool shirts. And, uh, you know, Tim is currently working on making a new banner for the Dubek Discussion website. And after that, we're going to have lots of cool new Star Wars Marvel and horror merch coming your way really soon. 
until then, uh, this has been the Avengers Endgame spoiler cast from Hall of Heroes. And be sure to tune in at the same bat time at the bat same bat channel. And we love you guys three thousand. So much. Three thousand. And I think that's gonna be how we wrap up the show from now on. Same bat time, same bat channel. Love you three thousand. Tony Stark, Iron Man, Nick Fury has a plan. Big shot, pepper pots, arc reactor core. Asgard, kitchen war, Loki and his brother Thor. Bruce Banner, radiation transformation. Wilson and Maria Hill, they're the agents of Shield. Big Bob and Hawk got a black widow, Russian spy. Captain Rogers, World War II.